Are you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Posted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Good afternoon. You're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we're on Save the Lost at All Costs. We're going to open up the phone lines right away. If you are local, you will dial 702-650-5588. Again, if you're local, you have a comment, a praise report, a prayer request, a general question, love to hear from you. Again, that local number is 702-650-5588. If you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, we do have a toll-free number for you. And that number would be 800-366-8883. Again, the toll-free number would be 800-366-8883 to join in on our discussion if you are living outside the Las Vegas area. Also, we're being streamed live over KKVV's website. That web address is www.kkvv.com. Hello and God bless. I just waved to you. We're also being streamed live over the Internet from Save the Lost at All Costs' website. And our web address is www.savethelostlv.org. If you have missed any of our previous broadcasts, we always archive them onto the website. They are free. The gospel is always free on our watch. Again, that address is www.savethelostlv.org. We have a lot of wonderful resources for you. So I hope that you go to the website, check it out, and encourage some other people to visit too. If you have a iPhone device, then we are also being archived at iTunes at no cost as well. Again, save the lost at all costs. We encourage you to listen to the gospel. It is free on our watch. Now, if you have a cell phone, KKVV is being streamed, um, available, well, I shall say be available to listen to over the cell phone. And that number would be 563-999-3194. I really encourage you to lock it in as one of your contacts on your cell phone. You can listen to KKV anytime. By dialing that number, and you can listen to Save the Lost at All Costs right now. Again, that phone number is 563-999-3194. So we're going to get right into it. But as always, I have promised you in the year of 2018 to have a Greek word for you every week. So I do have my Greek word. It comes out of Strong's Greek 1145. Again, it's Strong's Greek number 1145. And the word is dakruo. Dakruo. It's spelled D-A-C-R-U-O, and there's an accent over the O. Again, D-A-K-R-U-C-O. Dakruo. Now, what this means is wept. W-E-P-T. It means wept. Uh, silent tears. Considered proper 
tears, the actual shedding of tears, actual tears, but silent, properly. So we are going to go now to uh, our topic, which is simply Jesus wept. And we're going to John chapter 11, verse 35. Again, our topic for today is simply Jesus wept. So when we go to John chapter 11, verse 35, the word of God says, Jesus wept. It is known as the shortest verse in the Bible. But by no means let short mean that it is not power packed. It's probably one of the most powerful verses in the Bible. And it's one that I believe most people can memorize. Again, that's John 11.35. And it simply says, Jesus wept. So that's our topic for today. So let's get into it. First of all, we need to know what is going on prior to this statement being made. So we would have to go back to the beginning of John chapter 11 to see what's going on. Well, there has been a death. And most of us have experienced at least one person dying in our lives. So it's a death. And the natural response to loss is grief. So the people are in grief over the death of someone that means something to them. So this is what's going on. There's been a death. But before the actual death, uh, there was a sickness. And the person who died was Lazarus. And he had become sick. And it was a sickness that would appear that could not be cured. And subsequently, it uh, eventually led to his death. So, like most people, they will be a, a goodbye. A type of funeral, memorial service, home going, and people will come who are near and far to pay their respects and to be there to support the family. That's normally what happens and you know that was what's going on then. So here you have Lazarus who had gotten sick and died and now you have the response to his death which is grief and the natural response to loss. So now that's where we are. So Lazarus has two sisters, Mary and Martha. They are grief-stricken. They are in shock, and they're struggling to understand how their brother could have died. Now, what's remarkable about Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, they are all dear friends of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So they have a personal relationship with him. And um, 
It's very devastating to them. Now, many of us have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we experience someone near and dear to us that dies, it's a, it's a shock. We are grief-stricken. We are 100% human in our response to suffering and death. And at the time, we have to understand that when we look at Jesus as far as wept, it is a silent tear. It's tears that you see basically stream down a person's face. There is no wailing associated with this. There's no loss of control. There's no... uh outward over expression of it it would be silent and we have to say wow and the people could see the tears on his face they were real they were actual. But their response is yet wailing, totally grief stricken, in shock, unbearable. And some of us today still are experiencing that type of physical manifestation. And our loved one has departed this realm for quite some time. So let's start getting deeper into this. So we're going to go back to the beginning of John 11 and look at verse 1. And the Word of God says this. Again, I'm in the New King James Version. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and his sister Martha. Two, it was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Three, therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Four, when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So we're going to stop there. We're going to keep going. But we need to think and ponder about the scriptures that we just read. Now it's pretty clear cut. That Lazarus was sick. And he was of Bethany. And he had two sisters, Mary and Martha. And one of his sisters, Mary, was the same Mary that had anointed Jesus with a fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair. So there'd be no mistaking who this Mary was. And the sisters 
has sent him a message. Letting him know that Lazarus is sick. But they said, from whom you love. So that denotes a personal relationship. And that is one of love. And that he's sick. So, it doesn't say that they prayed over him. But it would be my opinion that they were taught to pray when someone had become sick. But notice what Jesus says in verse 4. When Jesus heard, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. That the Son of Man may be glorified through it. Well, Jesus had a specific purpose in coming to the earth. He said in his word that he had came to fulfill the prophecy and to call the sinner to repentance. Now, this is a very crucial time men and women of God. Jesus is in very, very hostile territory. The Jewish leaders have other contempt and disdain for him. They do not like him. And it's more than a dislike. They want to do away with him. He is not going along with their program. In fact, he's disrupting it and causing the people to question them, causing trouble with their political alliances, their power is at stake, their human power, and they have to seize control by any means necessary. See, it says the Son of God may be glorified. That's telling. That speaks of a prophecy. That speaks of a Messiah. The anointed one. The one that the people have been praying for. The one that is spoke of. In the Old Testament, Isaiah speaks of him, and others do too. 
what it comes down to. The shortest verse in the Bible is probably one of the most magnificent of them all because it's everything in it that that is, that that was, that is to come, and that that will ever be forever and ever. It's about to happen. Everybody is about to know. And it has to do with someone that appears to be dead. See, that would be the natural revelation and the supernatural revelation is upon them and nothing and no one will stop the prophecy from being fulfilled. If God said it, it's going to happen. It will be manifested. And it will be seen. And it will be known. And it will be undisputed. It's what we get down to. It's right here. In this moment. Just a few verses down, it's going to happen. And you ought to get excited about that. Because it's clear-cut evidence of who he is and what he came to do. And that when you're in relationship, when you're called a son or daughter of God, it has great spiritual dividends, Eternal blessings. That can transform. The dead. To living. And who could do that? Said glorified. You have consecration where we set ourselves aside. You have progressive sanctification perfecting us. Then you have glorified. The completion Soon, glorification will be for those who belong to the Father. Because only in a glorified body can you stand in his presence. Imagine that. Glorified. That's the goal. That's the mark. We should be pressing for because only then with a glorified body can we stand in the presence of God Almighty, our creator, the one who created all heaven and earth. It's glorious. It's nothing like it. 
But you have to be in relationship to appreciate what is really going on here. Other than that, it's just like, hmm, interesting. No. More than interesting. Everlasting. Prophetic. This should give you all the confidence that you need to represent the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Can you imagine representing the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, Jesus Christ of Nazareth? Can you imagine? It's available to you. It's available. Verse 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. 6. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then, excuse me, 7. Then after this, He said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. Do you you see this? It says, now he loved Mary, excuse me, Martha, her sister Mary, and Lazarus. That's what the scriptures say. And when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in that place where he was. Now, most men, simply made of flesh and blood, would have rushed to be there. but not Jesus. And it wasn't because he didn't love them, but it says it all in verse 4. He said, the sickness wasn't unto death, but for the glory of God. And that the Son of Man may be glorified through it. Can you imagine that? Death wasn't involved. And the sickness was for the glory of God. So that the Son of Man could be glorified through it. That's it. See? God is always supernatural. In the natural. Death is natural. But God is supernatural in death. God is supernatural in sickness. It's natural. But he's supernatural. Oh, you got to catch that in your spirit, men and women of God. You got to catch it. 
Now look at verse 8. Again, I'm in the New King James Version, and if you're just joining us, our topic today is Jesus wept. comes out of John 11, verse 35. We're in John 11, verse 8. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and are you going there again? Again, it's a very hostile environment. They stone people to death during this time. And they had sought to stone Jesus. Rabbi meaning teacher, the good teacher. The disciples wanted to remind their good teacher. In case he might have forgotten. Because that means that they could be stoned too. So they cared about themselves. Rightfully so. It was natural. But he wasn't just any teacher. He was the good teacher. As he was the good shepherd. As he was the life and the resurrection. Oh. If they had any doubts. Of his divinity. It wouldn't last much longer. Nine. Jesus answered. Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble. Because he sees the light of this world. Ten, but if one walks in the night, he stumbles. Because the light is not in him. We're not talking about light bulbs, people. This is not about a light switch. Again, I tell you. The supernatural is in the natural. And he's reminding them. That the day. Symbolizes the knowledge of God's will. And reliance of his guidance. And the night. Is the absence of this knowledge. Combined with self-reliance. When we move ahead in darkness, we'd be likely to stumble because we're not relying on God's true knowledge of him. See, you have to know that he's God, not because of what he does, but because of who he is. His word reveals to us that he's not a secret and he's operating In life and in death. There's no separation. God is not beholding to time. He is in and out of time. He has no beginning nor an end. He is Alpha and Omega. It begins with him and it ends with him. 
And they had been getting this lesson. Those that choose to follow and be disciples. To be a disciple is not enough to study the scriptures. You have to live the scriptures. Discipleship is a lifestyle unto death. That's what, he, that's what it really is. Verse 11. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. It's not a natural sleep. It's not like we take a nap, go to sleep. It wasn't that kind of sleep. See, Jesus is about to reveal that he has the power over death. And he is going to render the death blow to that that's called death. So let's look at that. First of all, I'd like to share something with you in Hebrews. And we are going to go to Hebrews 4.15. And the word of God says this. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ understands grieving. He understands pain. He understands suffering. He understood what the people were experiencing. Believing that Lazarus had died. Why wouldn't they believe it? There was a sickness. He couldn't be well. He stopped breathing. Stopped moving. He died. There was no embalming back then. As soon as you died, they had to funeralize you because decomposition sets in immediately once one stops breathing and is declared dead. So they had to proceed quite quickly. But we says, we have a high priest And Jesus is our high priest. So they're speaking of in Hebrews 14 verse 15. But let's see what verse 14 says. Hebrews 
4.14, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. And we will remember when we looked at John chapter 11, verse 4, this is the prophecy. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. That's the prophecy that will be revealed very shortly. Now we have to understand sin and the wages of sin are death. The soul that sin must die. How can we reconcile sin and death without a savior? Without one who is going to pay the wages or the penalty for sin? Which is death. How are we going to reconcile that men and women of God? Well, you have to give death the death blow. Then there's no separation between us, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, God Almighty, the Holy Spirit, and our final home, heaven, with them. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and let's look at verse 26. The word of God says this. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. Verse 27. For he has put all things under his feet. But when he says all things are put under him, it is evident that he who puts all things under him is expected. 28. Now when all things are made subject to him, then the son himself will also be subject to him who puts all things under him, that God may be all in all. Wow. Okay. The death blow to death is about to happen. It will be revealed very soon. That Jesus Christ of Nazareth has overcome death. That he is the undisputed Messiah, the anointed one, the one that they've been praying for. He is him. So let's keep reading. Verse 12. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. 13. However, Jesus spoke of his death. But they thought that he was speaking about taking rest in sleep. 
14. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. 15. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. He says, Lazarus is dead. And he's glad for their sakes that he wasn't in Bethany when Lazarus had died. So that they may believe. Nevertheless, let's go to him. Lazarus is dead. Jesus is not a liar. And he said that he was glad for their sakes. That he wasn't there. See, you have to know that you know. It has to be unequivocally. No doubt in your mind. That Jesus can raise us from the dead. In life and death. He is Lord and Savior. And then it's personal. When you say my Lord and Savior. It denotes relationship. You know him. And he knows you. There is love. That cannot be separated. By death. Sickness. Persecution. Trials. Tribulations. Material things. Even people. There's nothing. In this realm. That will cause you to doubt. The love. Or existence. Of your Lord and Savior. You got to get to that point. Because this will make all the sense. To you in the world. Just two verses. Jesus wept. It will cause. Dakuo. Which is the Greek word. For wept. Not a wailing. Not grief stricken. Just an actual tear. Silent and proper to fall from your face because you know it is strictly and simply divine in every aspect and holy and sacred 
and glory. No pain. No sin. No regret. No fighting associated with that. Just peace and blessed assurance. Just like the angels singing, holy, holy, holy. Just like the highest praise, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's how it be for you. Sixteen, then Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Wow. Seventeen, when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb for Days. 18. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. 19. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. 20. Now Martha also soon, excuse me, let me back that up. 20. Now Martha as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. 21. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. 22. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. 23. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. 24. Mary said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. 26. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? 26. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this, men and women of God? There's no separation for those who believe. That's why when a brother or sister in Christ transitions and breath may leave their natural body, oh, glorification. is the step that we all seek. To be in right standing. 
to be in the Lamb's book of life. So that it continues forever without end. It's our faith that pleases God. Because faith is an action word. We act upon our faith. It's not enough to have it. Because when it's supernatural, it's an action. See, God didn't say, let there be light. And there was light without it being light. You cannot have faith and not act upon it. That's what makes it supernatural. That's what separates you from those so-called children of God to one who is a child of God. Is your faith. Not only do you believe, but you are going to act on it. They're one and the same. It's important that we get to the point where we believe. Because if you do not believe, you cannot act on anything you don't believe in. Oh, you will be exposed. The universe will bear witness. God will not be mocked. What a man's soul is what a man reaps. Scripture. Now is not the time to be undecided, men and women of God. I pray in the name of Jesus that this invigorates you, that it encourages you, that this exhortation takes you to the place that you are ready to leap in your faith. Without end, continuously, is my prayer for you, as it is for myself. To the death. Because I believe, and I know, that there's no separation. God is the same as he was yesterday, today, and forevermore. We said it. That's it. No debate. No discussion. My commander has given me a command. And I as a servant will act on it. Because I know. What the final goal is. And that's to be home with my father. So, I'm willing to act on it. My faith. Because only what I do for Christ is going to last. Nothing else will matter. Everything else is going to pass away. He says he's the life and the resurrection. What sting does death have? Death cannot trump him. Him being our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Nazareth. 
He says, I'm the life and the resurrection. Wow. That's not a death blow to death. I don't know what is. Twenty-seven. Again, we're in John chapter eleven. I'm in the New King James Version. Our topic today is Jesus wept. Verse twenty-seven. And she said to him, "Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world." Twenty-eight. And when she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, "The teacher has come and is calling for you." Twenty-nine. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Thirty. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Thirty-one. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, saying, "She is going to the tomb to weep there." Thirty-two. Then, when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, "Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died." Thirty-three. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Thirty-four. He said. Where have you laid him? See, this weeping is not the same as the wept in verse thirty-five. This is the grief. This is the wailing. And they said to him, "Lord, come and see." So let's do verse thirty-four again. And he said, "Where have you laid him?" And they said to him, "Lord, come and see." Thirty-five. Jesus wept. Thirty-six. Then the Jews said, "See how he loved him." Thirty-seven. And some of them said, "Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying?" My Bible commentary tells me, in reference to verses. Thirty-three through thirty-seven. John stresses that we have a God who cares. When Jesus saw the weeping and wailing, he too wept openly. Perhaps he emphasized with their grief, or perhaps he was troubled at their unbelief. In either case, Jesus showed that he cared enough for us to weep with us in our sorrow. This portrait contrasts with the Greek concept of God that was popular in that day—a God with no emotion. And no messy involvement with humans. Here we see many of Jesus' emotions: compassion, indignation, sorrow, even frustration. He often expressed deep emotion, and we must never be afraid to reveal our true feelings to Him. He understands them. He experienced them. Be honest, and don't try to hide anything from your Savior. He cares. Verse thirty-eight. Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone laid beside it. Thirty-nine. Jesus said, "Take away the stone." Martha, the sister of him 
who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead for four days. 40. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? 41. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was laying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. 42. And I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I say this, that they may believe that you sent me. 43. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. 44. And he said, excuse me, 44. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. 45. And many of the Jews who had come to Mary and had seen the things Jesus did believed in him. Amen. 46. But some of them went away to the Pharisees and told them the things Jesus did. 47. And the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered at council and said, What shall we do? For this man works many signs. 48. If we let him alone like this, everyone will leave in him, and the Romans will come and take away both our place and nation. Jesus wept. Be blessed by it. Save the loss at all costs. God bless you. Amen. It is our humble prayer that the Most High God of all creation and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit filled, live called in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas. Vegas's very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 AM and 101.5 FM. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website, www.savethelostlv.org. If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about our ministry, please visit our website at www.savethelostlv.org. If you prefer, you can mail in a donation. Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc., P.O. Box number 335852, North Las Vegas 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is 335852, North Las Vegas 89033. All donations made to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, and don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what.